said. Um, a couple of stories that I, I um, sort of came to mind, and one in particular, um, just that really, I guess, uh, reveals Jesus' heart. Um, and it's that story about um, the woman coming out of the city in the funeral procession that her husband had already died and she was about to bury her son. And it says that Jesus wept for the, the situation. He understood um, the heart of that woman where she was actually at and just had compassion on her. Um, the story of the, the, um, the guy that was the cripple and the friends loaded the cripple into the room and Jesus says to him, your sins are forgiven. He actually knew that his brokenness and um, how that man felt inside was more important than his physical need on the outside and still healed him as well. But he went straight to the core of the matter, what was going on for that man, understood what's going on inside. Countless times he healed people. Um, but the thing that he wanted um, people to know more than anything else is that they were loved. Uh, um, and ultimately, he, he revealed that when he died on the cross, didn't he? That's how much he loves us. When I think about that, I can't help but um, feel emotional about it. I'm going to read a, a little bit of scripture. This is from Isaiah chapter 61. It says this, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom to the captives and release from darkness and for the prisoners. I proclaim the year of the Lord, Lord's favour and the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning and the garment of praise instead of um, a spirit of despair. And they will be called oaks of righteousness, a planning of the Lord for the display of his splendour. Jesus read that bit of scripture and right at the beginning of his ministry and then proclaimed that this time has come. Talking about himself. He said, I came to heal the brokenhearted, to set the captives free. He's actually talking about us. He's talking about the whole of humanity. When I first became a Christian, um, I was a pretty broken person, not because anything had gone wrong in my life, but more just on the basis I had no idea who I was. Um, I didn't conform to other people. Um, 
still don't actually, but anyway, <laughs> for different reasons now. And I was broken hearted, not because of anything that particularly happened to me or anything like that, but just on the basis that I had a hard time at school and wasn't good at school and, and all those sort of things and just pretty much was lost. The thing that changed for me in my first part of my journey as a Christian is first of all, I ended up going to a church where people just actually loved us for who we were. And as a consequence of that, I wanted to try and find out why that was the case, why, why people actually loved me for who I was. And as a consequence of that, started seeking out God trying to discover who he was, why these people were different to, to other people. Because that's not what I'd experienced in the past. And ultimately, I'm a little bit further down the track, I'm in the process of seeking God. <sighs> Got the sniffles. In the process of seeking God, I'm... I wanted to get close to him and I had this experience whereby I'd already given my life to the Lord and I was in a place where I knew that God was real. I, I definitely knew that and I'd definitely been in a process of experiencing him just like I said, these people just loving us and I went to a meeting um, and this meeting was a guy um, called Bill Sabrisky and Bill Sabrisky had a healing ministry. And up until that point, I hadn't experienced anything of the power and authority of God in any way or form. And at this meeting, this guy was praying for people and people were being healed. I mean, literally being healed. Um, one guy in particular that I actually knew, um, I, I was working in a bakery in the time, my day down in the bakery, and this guy was not a Christian. This guy was um, the guy who used to deliver buttercup bread to us at the bakery because we used to sell buttercup bread as well as our own stuff. And he actually, uh, if I remember rightly, I think it was like a liver complaint or something like that, um, that that he had going on. And Bill prayed for him and he was healed. He became a Christian and his life was transformed. But we knew a little bit of this stuff was going on. And anyway, Bill Stabriski asked three groups of people to come out at the end of the meeting. One was people who wanted to be healed, um, who had problems. Two, if you hadn't given your life to the Lord and you wanted to give your life to the Lord, he encouraged them to come out. And three, which is where I fitted into, um, he asked... If people who had accepted Christ as Lord and felt that God, even though they knew God was real, that God was distant and they didn't feel as if they could connect with God or fully feel um, God in their lives or were in that sort of category, that if they were to come out, people would pray for them to receive the Holy Spirit. And 
that's exactly where I felt I was at. Um, I really didn't know God was real, but I just didn't feel I could get close to God. There's these couple of guys prayed for me. I wouldn't have a clue what their names are, anything else, anything, anything like that. These guys just came and prayed for me. And just literally, I experienced the presence of God. Transformed my life. Changed me from the inside. All of a sudden, I started understanding the heart of God. And I really, I, I can't, can't explain what that meant for me. Because all of a sudden, the things that had been shackling me up were irrelevant felt like I'd been set free. What other people thought of me, I don't care anymore. Why? Because I know that God loves me. How much? He sent his son to die on that cross for me. doesn't matter what other people think anymore. Over and over again in Scripture, it says that Jesus Christ loves me. That I've been created to be who I am. If I'm different to everybody else, it gives a hoot. I've been set free. Even when I fail myself, scriptures clearly tells me I have grace. That despite my failures, God still loves me. <laughs> you might be thinking, well, how does this become relevant in talking about hospitality. It's because it's the core of what we're supposed to be as a church. It's everything about what we're supposed to be. And the reason I keep getting so emotional about preparing for today is what I've discovered <laughs> in the past I've, I've said when I've been sharing that I'm not very compassionate. That when things are um, I guess when people are hurting and stuff like that, that I'm not good at being compassionate. And what I've been realising in the last little while, a few years, and culminating to this place today, me sharing today, is I'm actually more compassionate than I actually realise. Because getting a bit older, I started doing a bit of reflecting about my life. I turned 50 last year. And I'm a bit of a milestone. I'm, I'm realising that I am compassionate. 
few years ago, I read this bit of scripture. It was at the youth camp, and I shared it at the youth camp. And we prayed that people on that camp would experience this, and the Hodges over there would actually possibly remember this. And the reason I guess I bring it up is because it's one of the things I was praying for myself at the time. And it, I guess it might be 10, 12 years ago. It might be a bit more, even possibly. But it says this. This is Ephesians chapter 1. For this reason, ever since I heard about you, your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, I have not stopped giving thanks for you. Just notice... He's giving thanks for the love that they have for one another. Okay? It's important. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ and the glorious Father may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints and his incomparably great power for us who believe. And that power is like the working of his mighty strength, which he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand of the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every title that can be given, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, in the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. And you turn over the page into chapter 3, it says this, For this reason I kneel before the Father from whom his whole family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you being um, rooted and established in love may have power together with all the saints to, to grasp how wide and how long and how deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses all knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. All the fullness of God. talking about the love of the church and the fact that they do have love for one another. And he goes on to pray, praying for the church that they know the fullness of the heart of God. The depth of his love. Why? 
Because he's saying to them, there's more. Do you think you're ever likely to understand the fullness of Christ's love? Because the more I think about it, thinking about myself, the more I think about the fact that I fail in that. He's saying to them, I want you to have a revelation of the fullness of Christ. A revelation of the heart of God. Aren't you know it in the deepest of your being? It's funny how when you're talking about brokenness, I mean, every one of us would experience hurt. It's in here that you feel hurt. It's not in your head. It's in here that you feel hurt. I want you to know the heart of God. How do we know that? It's a revelation of the Spirit of God in us. In that second one, that's what it's talking about. It's that second bit of scripture it's talking about. The, the Spirit of God inside of us being worked out in the way that we live our lives on the basis that we know the heart of God God wants to see the broken-hearted healed, restored. When I became a Christian, he started me on that journey. I'm still on that journey. He invites us as a church to be involved in that process in other people's lives. How weird is that? God invited me to have the opportunity to share the heart of God with other people in the things that I do. Gives me the invitation. I've been reading Corinthians chapter 12 and 13. Gives me an invitation to be a part of the body of Christ in this place and bigger so that I can play my part He invites you to be a part of that body so that you can play your part. There's another part of Scripture that he's already laid out things for you to do. Now, my gift, obviously, is hospitality. I'm dressed for the occasion. Hospitality and food. That's what I do. When I am going cater for people at KCC, a lot of the time they're Christians, a lot of the time they're not Christians at KCC. doesn't matter. I want the best I can do for those people when I'm cooking food for them. We're hospitable in our house. We've had dozens of people live with us from one point stage or other in some people really, really broken, but some people not so broken. 
obviously we do food at church as well because that's my heart. I want to see the community of the church together. It's also your job to do the same. I want to challenge you (laughs) to think about being hospitable to people. Think about Jesus again. How many times with the disciples he was eating with them and sharing with them? One Mary shared, just them sitting down on the beach having some fish on the mountain with food with the disciples when he introduced communion of breaking of bread together. Um, when he said to can't think of his name, I'm going to come and eat with you at your house. On the occasion where the prostitute anointed Jesus' feet, he was sitting with people, eating, sharing with them in community. God said to the Jews over and over again, have a party, celebrate what I've done to remind yourselves of what I've done. Food is a big thing. We've found, and this is just from experience, a couple of things, and my girls can testify to this now. When I'm catering for people at KCC, um, previously at CMS years ago, you can change the atmosphere of a camp by being hospitable to people. Helping people to be in community together through food. Um, It's a reality. I can tell you. Um, I encourage you to get together and spend time eating food together. I want to read you a bit of scripture from Acts. It says this, as soon as I find it. So this is Acts chapter 2. So, Pentecost had just happened. Peter, his life transformed. Peter's um, a disciple that was the one who ultimately um, uh, failed Jesus in saying that um, uh, when the, you know, the story of the rooster crowing, etc., because um, Peter said that he, was, he would stand by Jesus no matter what went on. And he failed. And um, so um, sort of fell away, did his own thing, was really broken. Receives the Holy Spirit. He is transformed, okay, at Pentecost. He goes out and the first thing he does, he's all excited about Jesus Christ and what he's just experienced and he preaches the gospel. 3,000 people are converted Okay, the church is birth, and this is what a little description of what the church was like as it was birthed. It says they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, and to the fellowship, and the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe, and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. It's funny in there. It's actually. 
um, it, it, it puts um, what was happening in the church as the most significant thing and everybody was in awe of that and then the disciples were healing people. So he actually puts what's going on in the church as the most significant thing and then as a side note the apostles were healing people. All the believers were together and have everything in common, selling their possessions and goods and they gave to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the the favour of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. That's a pretty tight community. (laughs) Their inspiration was what Christ had done for them. Their inspiration was the sense of the presence of God with them. People wanted to be part of that community because of the love they had for one another. which comes as a consequence of understanding the heart of God, how much he loves us. God wants us to know him better. He wants us to know his heart. He wants us to love each other deeply. question is, do you want to know how to do that? I'm going to encourage you to stand up in a moment if you want to. If you don't want to, that's okay. All I'm going to do is just pray for us, okay? That God would help us to understand his heart. And that God would reveal to us on a personal level how we should be living that out. I was talking about us being a body. Each one of us has a role to play in that body. And it's different. Your role is going to be different to my role. All God wants you to do is have faith and trust and step out and do what it is that you're called to do. And all I'm going to do is pray that God would reveal what that is to you. If you're in that place where you want to do that, if you'd like to stand with me and I'll pray and ask that God will do that. So if you'd like to stand if you want to. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we just want to say that we love you.
And more than anything in the world, Lord, each one of us here standing before you. Lord, we want to give our hearts over to you. Lord, we want to give our whole selves over to you. And Lord, as we do that, Lord, I just pray, Lord, that you'd reveal your heart to us. That, Lord, that we'll have a sense, Lord, of what you want us to be living out in our lives. Lord, that we'll have a deeper compassion for one another. A deeper revelation of who you are in our lives, Lord. Help us to see your face. I ask that your Holy Spirit just come and dwell in us, Lord, in a deeper way, in a way that we've never understood before. Lord Jesus, I invite you to dwell with us through your spirit.